Welcome back to Married with Children, the podcast. Um, exciting week this week. Uh, we have the uh, members, three members of the Southern Indiana Ghost Hunters in studio and one on the phone with us. Um, exciting week in several different ways. Uh, first of all, um, this is something that I really wanted the opportunity to, to interview somebody and talk about. And there are no pickled pig's feet sitting on the back table, Callie, that we may have to I eat. know. That's so much better than last week. That <laughs> yeah. was awful. No weird food combinations, just getting the chance to talk. So before we get started, I do want to give a huge shout out to our sponsors. First and foremost uh, is Miller's Termite and Pest Control. Miller's Termite and Pest Control is the only place you need to look for pest control. Don't get roped into contracts or high prices with the big companies. Reach out to someone who cares about you. They can handle any problem from termites, bed bugs, ants, spiders, etc. They also do lawn care. Where else can you keep the bugs out of your house and your yard looking sharp? Reach out to them today on Facebook at Miller's Termite and Pest Control. Email at pest underscore in underscore peace at yahoo.com or by phone at 812-767-5657. And again, I know I've said it on the show before, Callie, but um, you know Miller's Termite and Pest Control came out on Friday and and sprayed our place, and again, they're uh, they're not just a sponsor; they are who we use uh, to keep the pests out of our house as well. Yeah, for sure. I, you called them the other day, and they were out within just a few days to take care of it. So, absolutely. And then our next sponsor, Tommy Taylor at Tommy Taylor Farm Bureau Insurance. Tommy Taylor, Indiana Farm Bureau Insurance. Tommy is an agent at Indiana Farm Bureau Insurance. He can provide you with auto, home, life, commercial, farm, and does it with a personal touch that you just can't get with other insurance companies. For any insurance needs you may have, Tommy has the capability to provide you with the right amount of coverage. Not only is he a multi-line agent that can keep all of your insurance in one place, he is also a dedicated individual who is customer service focused and always puts the customer's best interest first. His mission is to provide each and every customer with a simple process that is easy to understand and to ensure you and your family are properly covered if and when the unexpected occurs. Tommy is not just a sponsor of the podcast. He is my family's insurance agent and should be yours too. Give him a call, shoot him an email, or message him on Facebook, and he will be happy to take care of any of your insurance needs. Contact information for Tommy. You can contact him at 812 372 4483 at extension 2447. And remember to tell them that APR podcast sent you. And then um, I do want to say, you know, if, if you're watching on Facebook Live, um, our youngest son, Alex, is uh, being helped by my wife. And it is true. Tommy is our insurance agent. Um, he is the one that provides uh, life insurance for all of us and, and takes care of us. And a huge shout out to Tommy for everything that he does. So before we jump in here with introductions, I do want to say for anybody listening, um, mwcpodcast.com, the Married with Children website, and again, that's mwcpodcast.com. We, uh, I updated it today, uh, kind of changed the episodes page. You can actually see every episode we have done. This is episode 34, um, and it'll be uploaded to there here pretty soon, but you can see every episode we've done. And you can listen to them right there from 
um, the page. Just click on those along with the latest episode. Also, if you're looking to get yourself a Married with Children shirt or hat, um, those are available in the store on the mwcpodcast.com. And we are running a special. Use promo code WEIRDFOOD and receive 20% off your order. So those are my updates. And to introduce everybody that's here tonight, uh, we do have, obviously, my wife and son, Callie and Alex. Yeah, so if you hear random <laughs> squeals, it's probably from him. And then we have three, again, three members of the Southern Indiana Ghost Hunters in studio. And those are Amber Royalty, Debbie Jansen, and then Barb Wyatt. And then joining us from uh, the telephone is the founder of the Southern Indiana Ghost Hunters, uh, Mike Flickner. So, everybody, I really appreciate you being here. Thank you so much. Thank, Thank you, you for having us. Yeah, we appreciate it. And, Thanks for having us. Yeah, and here's where I kind of want to start. Um, we we talked about this a little bit earlier with, with Barb and myself, and it was kind of this random thing. We We have some mutual people that we know, and... I was scrolling through Facebook one day and just happened to see that, you know, the, in the people you may know section and it, it had Barb and her name and then underneath it said Southern Indiana ghost hunters. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, we <laughs> really want someone who does paranormal investigations to come on. So I immediately friended her, sent her a message about the podcast and she sent me back. How did you know about me? <laughs> I, thought, I thought, I guess that can be kind of creepy. <laughs> yeah, just, like you're stalking us. Yeah. So, but uh, I, I'm glad that she didn't just totally push me away at that point And uh, we were able to get something set up. So, Mike, I'm going to throw the first question out to you. And, and I, obviously, you are the founder of the Southern Indiana Ghost Hunters. What inspired you to found this group? Well, that goes back many, many years. Um, the Southern Indiana Ghost Hunters is actually 44 years old. and But the group that you know as the Southern Indiana Ghost Hunters goes back to 2000. Um, for years and years, I, I went out uh, looking for spirits on my own. Started at a very early age because when I was a child, I was scared of just about everything. I was scared of the dark and I was scared of Sasquatch, Bigfoot. Because <laughs> back in those days, it was big on the television. And uh, I mean, I, I couldn't even be alone in the dark by myself when I was a child. And I wanted to know how I could protect myself from these things. So I decided to start reading up on it. And um, the more I read, the more intrigued I became. To the point when I was 10 years old, uh, me and my buddies, my little clan that followed me around, we decided that we would sneak out at night and there was an old abandoned house, just uh, not more than 400 yards from my house. And it was never said to be haunted or anything, but we thought, well, we're going to do our own investigation. And so we snuck out in the middle of the night and we went to this house. And of course, um, we were probably scaring ourselves more than we were doing anything because we really didn't know what we were doing. And the screen door slammed shut from the outside, which was probably the wind. Of course, the house was creaking and popping, and and um, we, we scared ourselves, but I got hooked on it from that point on. And all I wanted to do was learn more and more about it, get more and more around it, and uh, it just kicked off from there. 
And ladies, I'm going to ask you, where does, where does your passion and love for this come from that would make you, uh, you know, join a group like this and, and perform these investigations? I think it's, it's been something I've been interested in all my life. Um, from about the age of four or five, we lived in Bartholomew County, close to White River, and, uh, or Sand Creek, I'm sorry. And it was on an, an actual Native American burial ground. Mm -hmm. And I seen things, felt things, heard things. Of course, at the time, I thought everybody's seen it, you know. Mm -hmm. I thought it was normal. Once I figured out everybody else wasn't seeing it, then it kind of, like Mike, I, I started studying up. You know, as I got older, I studied up on everything, read things. Big horror freak. You know, I love horror films. <laughs> and it just it's grew from there. Very cool. That's awesome. <laughs> Me? <laughs> um <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, I guess probably about the time I was three years old, I realized that I had a sensitive side to me. Uh, I didn't live with my parents. My grandparents raised me. But on holidays and birthdays, stuff like that, uh, mom and dad would come to grandma's for dinners and stuff. And I guess I was maybe 10 at the time. We were all sitting around the table, and my mom was sitting on one side of me. And I just casually turned to her and said, I'm going to be a big sister. And she looked at me like, this kid's crazy. <laughs> Three weeks later, she went to the doctor and found out she was pregnant. Oh, wow. And wow. I have always had a... a sensitivity I, I could tell before something happened it was going to happen and then it just got stronger as I got older and then when Barb and I start we've always kind of had a passion leaning mm -hmm. towards paranormal and before we joined Cy we go out on our own and I just kind of developed a way where I could feel the spirits wow. but I remember Years later, I went over like Pennsylvania, Virginia with my parents. My dad and I both have always been big Civil War buffs. Mm -hmm. And we went to visit some of the Civil War battlegrounds. And uh, especially at Antietam, we were walking from the visitor center across the top of the battleground down towards the Dunker Church. And it was warm in the middle of summer and I had shorts on. Well, as we were making this walk down towards the church, I would get in spots and it just felt like little tornadoes whirling around my legs. And I'd just get this real creepy feeling. Well, after that, I saw pictures that Matthew Brady had taken just shortly after the war. There was all kinds of dead horses, caissons, soldiers knee deep in that one particular area. Wow. And it, it just developed the older I got. Wow. Amber? Well, I was just, ever since I was a kid, when I was little, I don't know if it was just a house we lived in for years, but there was always stuff going on in our house. I mean, loud stuff. I mean, we got so sick. I mean, I got sick of it as a kid. I would just, you know, it would scare me sometimes, and my whole family experienced it, and then, I don't know, it's just like stuff has always went on around me, and then I just started kind of going a little bit with these women. <laughs> And, it, you know, stuff just always seems to go. It still goes on around me at home. 
not too much, as much anymore. But something all the time, little things, you know, you'll hear something and go look to see what fell or whatever. There's nothing there, you know, and I was just, I don't know if it was just things are drawn to me or what, but it's, so, I mean, it's just, and I, and it kind of draws you in after a while you go mm-hmm. and things happen and you're just, you're hooked. Yep. You know, you're, yeah. it's either for you or it's not, I think. Yeah. And I'm, you know, dealt with it since I was probably, as long as I can remember, probably three or four. So, I mean, when I was young, I'd get really scared sometimes and just scream, would you just stop, you know, in my own house, you know, in the house. And my family knew what it was. We'd all do it sometimes. I think it's amazing that, you know, Mike, I know you said, and then Amber, that some of this came out of your own fears. I mean, kind of not knowing the things you were seeing and hearing, and it intrigued you to actually go and figure it out. I think Mm -hmm. that's a really cool thing that that I don't know that most people would expect to hear. I agree Um, with that, yeah. But I'm going to ask you this. where. I guess um, if someone was wanting to get into paranormal investigation, where should they start? Study. Lots of study. Well, the best place to start would be um, to study. (laughs) Um, Because obviously that's that's what all we did. Um, Every member in this group, I'm sure, has studied and studied and studied. Mm And, I mean, that's the only way you're going to learn it. Well, and I, with your gut instinct. I'll say, I will say that it, that does seem to be a common theme that all of you said. I mean, whether it was because you were just interested or you were scared or, you know, whatever. At one point, it seemed like all of you were like, you were intrigued by it and wanted yeah. to learn more. Right. And that just kind of developed. So, mm-hmm. interesting. And yeah. it's, um, well, it's. It, it's a passion too. Right. You have to, you have, to have passion for it. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people are looking for thrills yeah. uh, getting into it. And uh, I tell you, it's not, it's not really about thrills. Really, it, it's about learning the science that. of it. Uh, that's pretty much where our team is. We, we don't go out thrill seeking. When we go into investigations, we go in to try to figure out what's going on uh, to help people. Because there's a lot of things that can be considered to be paranormal that are not. And we go in and, and try to pick out, you know, okay, is this really going on? Uh, is, is there really a spirit here? Is there really a ghost? Which there is a difference between spirits and ghosts. Um, is this really a ghost that's haunting this place? Or could it be something simple as car lights and um, the house? creaking could it be the plumbing could it be the air ducts that, that's pretty much our role into what we do and you know i find that really interesting because i did go through your website earlier today um and the thing i found interesting was in the ghost hunting like about ghost hunting section it said the goal is to prove the existence of an afterlife Right. You know, not and when you talk about not thrill seeking, I think a lot of people get confused in that it's like a, you know, a haunted house, like the, the commercial haunted house. Like I'm going in to get scared, but it's truly the idea of investigating to prove yes. that there is an afterlife and that these spirits exist. So I am going to ask Mike, you threw that out there. What is the difference between a spirit and a ghost? Well, a spirit is an intelligent apparition. A spirit is a being that was once alive and now is no longer alive. A ghost, in, in the terms, 
is sometimes the environment will record because everything's energy and the environment records energy. Everything records energy. And sometimes if like if the atmospheric pressure is right and such, it can replay this recording, which is if you'll have a house that say a lady walks up the stairs and she does it nightly at, at this certain time of night and all that. That's probably what we would call a ghost, which means that this apparition that people are seeing and all that isn't even aware that you're there. It isn't even aware of what it's doing. It's just a replay. It's in a loop. It replays. Where a spirit, and that's what we actually look for is the spirits, is an intelligent apparition that we want to talk to. And most of the spirits, the reason that they're here is because they're afraid to move on. Most of them have told us that they've seen a light, that they're afraid to go in that light. And the reason they're afraid to go in that light is because if you think that that light is your final judgment and you're not sure what's going to happen, you would be kind of hesitant to go into the light too. I know I would. So is the belief then kind of, or the, you know, your understanding of it that they're kind of in purgatory a spirit is kind of in purgatory to where they're not they haven't went into the light for their final judgment they're holding themselves here um in that that spirit realm well that's that's part of it that's part of it and then there's some of them that just refuse to leave because they they figure they have unfinished business uh, such as um, there's some that stay around because they feel that they have to watch over loved ones. And uh, there's some that stay around just because uh, they don't even know that they've passed. But there are some that we have actually dealt with, and I'll let Barb tell you about that, um, <laughs> where we help them pass over to the light. And, and that's not really our deal is, passing spirits over to the light but we did run into an instance of that in Lebanon, Indiana and Barb would be better to tell you that than me so um, if you want to take it to Barb, she'll tell you all about that. We were doing a residential which is what we do mostly you know, go into people's homes and try to figure out what's going on and try to help them out and there was um, actually a couple of spirits there one came through and kept asking for help, which we get a lot of. Um, we ask, you know, who, who, who are you? Um, what can we do to help you? And it, it was a woman's voice. I do believe you were there once you did. Mm -hmm. A woman's or, or a child's voice. And um, a male's voice kept coming across and trying to kind of shut it down. But um, we, we kept talking and I asked, I said, do you, you know, is someone holding you back here? And we got a perfectly clear yes on, on our recorders. And we told him, you know, if do you see, ask if we, do you see a light? Yes. And um, one of us said, you know, if, if you don't want to stay here, you don't have to stay here. You, if you see that light, you can go into that light. And I promise you, you'll get all the help that you need there. You know, you'll be, you'll be free. And um, I think it said, okay. And we, we waited a few minutes and and asked again, do you, you know, are you going into the light? And then we got a, a clear yes. 
and then it said goodbye and that was it never got another thing out of it so i think that's really? actually the first one They'll in all the years over. that we've done because yeah. because most of them won't you know cross over even if you're trying to talk to them but it actually said yes they seen the light and yes they were going to it and goodbye and we never wow. heard anything else from it that was yeah it was something it, i've got goosebumps i know yeah. i did too i was that. like oh my god we did then too <laughs> i believe yeah. that so did you hear anything you said that at one point it sounded like you heard a male voice like did you hear anything from that after we did hear a little bit from from the male voice after and we never really figured out exactly who it was right um the people that lived in the home she had lost her husband um one of the sons that lived there had lost his best friend and we kind of put it together that maybe dad was checking in on him and so was the friend you know they were he was like family that maybe he was popping in and checking in on him and we don't really know where this one particular spirit came from but as far as I know, they've never had any more trouble since. Wow. So I'm going to ask this. What is, and that may be it, but what are some of those favorite investigations you guys have done? Oh, wow. <laughs> Where do you begin? <laughs> right. Mike, you want to start with that one? Mike, what, what are some of your favorite? What, what are some of your favorite investigations you guys have done? Well, I would have to say... Uh, one of the favorites that we've done lately, which was released today, was the Blackford uh, County Jail. And the reason I would say that is because on a lot of investigations, we get a lot of evidence through equipment. But the Blackford County Jail, we had more personal experiences, which doesn't happen often on uh, investigations then we did stuff coming through the equipment and the blackford county jail video just came out today it was released today and if anybody would like to see that investigation uh, they can go to our website on uh, youtube which is the southern indiana ghost hunters and um, check it out but i would say that that's really one of the coolest ones um, that we have together as a group but there, there has been many, many investigations that I've been on throughout the years. Of course, I was, I was um, part of Waverly Hills for 10 years. I was um, part of their paranormal department. I was the lead of it. And um, I've seen a lot of great things up there, too. But my favorite investigations has always been with the team. And I would... I have to say my favorite investigation so far has been the Blackford County Jail. Wow. Ladies? We're going to have to we're gonna have to pull that up and watch that later. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a pretty good one. You, yeah. You'll enjoy I, it. We will. That's very awesome. <laughs> Amber? Oh, man. It's, it's hard. Up until, yeah. This, the Blackford County Jail, I have to give it. Wow. I have to put it up there with Thornhaven. Thornhaven yeah. Manor has always been my favorite, and we've been back four, five, six times. And I haven't been able to make it to a few of them, but I always love that place. But this one, so far, here definitely recently has topped them. It was just, this was definitely one time, too, that they didn't just take our batteries out of everything we had. Right. We were able to actually capture some of it with the video camera. So it was like, are you getting this? Are you getting this? Are you getting this? And we were, and it was, like, so awesome because we were finally able to actually capture something on camera that was going on now when you say i was so excited i was like jumping out of my skin (laughs) when you say they didn't just take our batteries out you mean that 
You just usually, recorded and never got anything. Usually we'll be all sitting there with all our, our gadgets sitting around and we'll have a couple cameras going or one, you know, we'll be doing something, <clears throat> doing an EVP session or something, trying to communicate. And all of a sudden, you know, your camera just starts, the battery just goes. They just drain your batteries left and right all the time. And especially, it seems like, right before they do something really awesome. So that yeah. quick, they'll take oh, it through. Oh, yeah. So everything will be wow. dead on your cameras. And then they'll start, like, say, everything on the table is a, a, something that lights up. So they'll drain your video camera. And then everything will light up on the table. And then you won't get any of it on video. And it's so <laughs> irritating. But wow. this time, we were able to get a little bit of it. Not all of it. <laughs> Not all, Not of, all it. of it, but a lot. But a lot, enough of it, too, to prove, like, whoa. <laughs> I mean, I was so excited. I was like, wow, I'm, I don't even know what all I said. <laughs> and I watched some of it. I didn't even get through all of it today, but I watched some of it today. And, I mean, it's still, I'm still blown away by it, to be honest. So I can't wait to go back there again, too. Very cool. Yeah. It's like you never, we never have enough time, no matter where we go. We always start getting stuff, and we can't ever investigate the whole place. And it doesn't even have to be a very big place, but we always get a little something everywhere. And we, they drain your batteries all night, so you're running back and forth getting batteries, and we can never seem to get a whole place finished. Let me ask you this. <laughs> like, like, how long is a normal investigation? If we do a residential, it's usually... Well, that it, it depends varies. on what we're getting. Yeah, yeah. If, if it's a doing a residential, we try to get we in and out within try to four or five hours. Around four hours. Four hours. And what a lot of people don't understand about investigations, it takes a lot longer than four hours to get going. So our actual investigations are about six hours long. There's a lot of setup time, okay. especially if we're around. taking in DVRs and we're setting up cameras and trying to learn a little bit about the location before before we actually do the investigation. So a four-hour investigation can take upwards to eight hours yeah. to do. Wow. That's for a residential. Now, if we go into a big place, we've done 12, yeah. 14, 16-hour yeah, we'll investigations, and, you know, you walk away a zombie. Yeah. Your we're, batteries are spent. You're spent. You know, we're it's, so goofy the yeah. next day. We might catch a couple hours of sleep. Slap happy. You know, we're normal we're, hangover. We're, right. That's what we call it. <laughs> we all it is are, a real we're thing. We're so goofy, <laughs> and we're getting home, and we're all just, we're so goofy. It's ridiculous. Because all of us can't stop laughing, usually. Yeah, when we get out of the car, happy. when we get home, we're all slap <laughs> happy. Yeah. Paranormal hangover, yeah, is our thing. Deb, do you have a, a favorite investigation that comes to mind? Oh, so many. Um, one that just absolutely blew me away, and I've got to share. Uh, Barb and I were down at Waverly one night. The rest of the team wasn't with us. We were all by ourselves that night. And we were taking, like, the four-hour investigation. They, the guide takes you for so long, you get to stay on one floor, investigate, and they rotate. So over the course of the night, you get to hit each of the five floors. Okay, um, they took us down on the fourth floor, and we were always amazed at some of the stuff we see and hear and experience up there. So when they took us up there, we decided we were going to spend the whole station in the operating room. Okay, we sat there and we did EVP sessions, had all of our equipment going, 
didn't really get anything. We heard the tour guide say, okay, everybody move to the stairway. We're going to rotate in five minutes. So we kind of, well, crap. <laughs> we didn't get anything this time. We started out of the hallway, down the main hall, and we had just got right even with one of the old nurses stations. And I said, boy, this really bums me out. This, this is amazing floor. This is the first time I've been up here and not even seen a shadow person. Barb said, yeah, me too. I want something up and in my face right now. <laughs> you were she asking no for it, huh? Yeah. That out of her mouth and probably about as far as me to your wife in front of us, all of a sudden, this big seven foot tall, solid shadow came right up out of the cement floor and just mm -hmm. stood there and kind of vogued in front of us. <laughs> just two seconds later, another one, probably about six foot, came up and stood right beside, just, just like they were posing for us. And of course, we had all of our cameras and everything put away. Right. And we were just like two deers in the head, like, Barb, you see that? Yeah. You see it too, Deb? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it seemed like it was maybe... I don't know, five minutes, but it's probably 20 seconds. But it's like, my God, mm -hmm. look what we've seen. And some wow. people are in this field for years and years and never experience it. It was amazing. It, it was. That, I seen something like that the first time I went there. I looked up and it was huge. It was just an insanely huge. I, I was like, whoa. First time I ever went somewhere like that they took me but we me and and gabe had sort of wandered off into the hallway looking at a ball we left on the ground i looked up and you can barely see just the moonlight shining through the the like i guess what were windows and, and i look up and i see a giant shadow but it's solid you know you couldn't see through it you know and so i snapped a picture real quick i had it up the camera on but up against me so the light wouldn't shine and when i looked at my picture there was nothing there and i was like oh my god I was like, let's go back over here. Let's go back over here. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was so huge. I just thought, what in the world? And it was like, it looked like just a big, giant, bald man. Like, he was mocking me the way I was kind of hunkered down, looking down. He was kind of mocking me. And I was just like, whoa, what was that? <laughs> you know, I'd never seen anything that big and solid. And But you could tell it was the shape of a man. Barb, and do you want to wow. share your experience there in the, out, just outside the, operating room that night that that was the same night we had come out of the operating room before we had gotten in to the hallway where where we seen the two shadow figures um deb had walked in front of me and you can walk straight across the hallway into another room or you can go off to your left and you could walk like into what used to be a waiting room and down the hallway and um she had went to the left and i didn't realize she went to the left it's dark very dark I thought she was behind me, and all of a sudden, I hear like hard-soled shoes on the concrete floor. But I heard a whistle, the f whistle, right, right before I heard you scream. There was a, there's a whistle that happens there now and then, right before something happens. So um, I heard these shoes come running up behind me, and I thought it was Debbie. And I turn around, expecting to see her, her whitish blonde hair and then i hear what sound i work in a dental office so i know what trays with instruments sound like uh -huh. right i heard something like that hit the floor and i turn around and i'm gathering it was what they call big black down there who was mm -hmm. i think what amber's seen 
just come rushing up behind me. I mean, into my face. Anybody that tells you, anybody that's been in this field and tells you that they've never been scared, they're lying. Well, that's that what startled I, the crap yeah. out of me. That's what I was going to say. Like, how many times do you guys almost just like about want to pee your pants? Because yeah. like, I think everything <laughs> that all of you guys have said, I'm like, if that was me, like, I'm getting nervous just like hearing about it. It's like if I was actually there, I really might like pee my pants or something because I mean, it's just, I couldn't imagine. You probably surprise yourself. Yeah. <laughs> you probably surprise yourself because it's so cool. You know, you're there to see like, this wow. kind of stuff. And when you do, it's just, it's you're so amazing. You're so lucky. Yeah. Like, yeah. It takes heard, years like, and you don't get to see that. And then when you I do, heard you're her like, let oh. out this blood curdling scream. So I turn around, went back and to the door of the room that she was in. And just as I got to the frame of the door, you could just feel it go just this cold. Yeah. Like a freezer. Out. Mm -hmm. It's, it's really? a cold that you don't get yeah. rid. It was probably 97, 98 oh, degrees August, that night. We usually and I went home and put on my big, thick, fuzzy winter robe, yeah. crawled under two <laughs> Afghans and was still cold till the next day. Wow. It was freezing. Wow. So I, I mean, this is just out of, con like, I just cannot fathom this. So like whenever you guys are investigating any of them, I mean, are, are any of the spirits or the ghosts and things that you've come across? I mean, like, are they mean or mad? I mean, like, because sometimes like when I think of things, I keep like with, like in my brain, I'm thinking of like a ghost that's like haunting me or something. I mean, is that like a misconception? Is that for the most part? Now we have run into things that, and I'm sure no, that not really, yeah. really, no, not really, not really. A spirit, a spirit. If, if you're coming across the human spirit, a human spirit, chances are they're going to have the same characteristics that they had during life in death, and uh, you have good ones and you have bad ones. And you got sarcastic ones, which we can right. contest to. Yes. I mean, we've been called names before. It, it's usually me, but then they pick on Barb, too. And yeah. as you'll see, it, if you watch the video of Blackwood County Jail, they, they, for some reason, <laughs> she was the one that was getting picked on that night. Besides it's me. usually mine. It's usually mine. Good, good thing for me that night. I'm usually the one that gets called names. Sometimes it's kind of mean to all of us. But spirits, spirits can do that. And, and there's a common misconception with a lot of people that think that we're actually talking to demons. Well, yeah. sometimes you may be because sometimes, I mean, spirits are elusive. They can be anything they want to be. And they can come across with any way they want to come across. Sometimes you may think you're talking to a child. Yeah. Well, it may not be a child at all. Right. And it's very hard to differentiate. Uh, we have ways of doing that, um, such as a case that we had a, a private residence that was right before, it was just a couple weekends back. And this couple called us, they were in distress. And they're a young couple because there was things going on in their house. And we scheduled them in. And we went there, and there was a few things going on in their house, but they decided to move from their house because what came through are, are boxes, which is called a ghost box. What came through there is the spirit said it was Satan. Well, it's not Satan. 
because if it was Satan, it's not definitely not going to tell you that it's Satan. It's not definitely going to tell you it's a demon. They don't want you to know. So it was a sarcastic spirit, which I think was totally harmless. I think it was just trying to scare people. Spirits will try to scare you Mm -hmm. because they feed off energy. Emotions is a lot of energy. Fear puts out a lot of energy. Anger puts out a lot of energy. That's why in haunted locations sometimes uh, people will start arguing amongst themselves because spirits will they'll grind it up yeah. because they want that in order for them to manifest themselves. And sometimes locations will go quiet. Doesn't mean it's not haunted. This means that there's not enough energy there for the spirit to to feed off it. Now here's here's my one of my questions with that right there. Um, can you kind of explain to us what the process is? What is the equipment you're using? What is what is the process of an investigation? So how are you how are you capturing these things? I know you said I believe it's EVP. Am I correct with that? Yes. What is an EVP? What is yeah. kind of the ghost box? What's all that? Electronic voice phenomenon is is things that are captured on tape or digital, which are thought forms that are thought to imprint themselves on magnetic tape or digital media, which you can hear. And you have to remember, everything that we speak, even like I'm speaking to you right now, everything that we speak bounces off into space. Okay, sometimes it can come back. So you have to be careful with EVP also. Because if it's an intelligent EVP, if it can answer you directly, then chances are you're speaking with spirit. Sometimes if it's odd things, odd words, or whatever, it could be anything off in space. It's the same thing with the spirit box. The belief of the spirit box is that it'll give spirits the energy to be able to bounce off white noise, bring their voices through. What a spirit box does is it scans FM radio frequencies. And it'll, speed, it'll, it'll scan them very, very fast. The one that we use is called real time. And what it does is it, it'll, it will scan over 15 FM stations per second. Now, if a word or a sentence comes in over that, which makes sense, then chances are that you've contacted the spirit. Do we know that for sure? We don't know. And we, we always say that on our videos and in our investigations. This is interpretation. It's up to everybody else to conclude whether this is real or not. And that's where the scientific stuff comes into it. I know that um, paranormal investigation is considered a pseudoscience. We're not perfect in any way. And I want everybody to know that. However, we're getting close getting very closer and we have caught things on DVRs that cannot be explained and um, then again this was an investigation that I wasn't at at the time because I was working at Waverly Hills and we've caught thermal images on investigations that cannot be explained. A thermal imager it takes pictures of a location, and it doesn't take pictures 
like a camera. What it does is it reads thermal readings that come back and it creates them into a picture. So you're looking at hot and cold. And when we go to the thermal images, and if we see an image of something, and usually it's blue, then it's cold. It's colder than a living person. And sometimes it can look like a humanoid image. And we've caught several of them. Actually, we caught one at Blackford, and we, we've caught a lot at Thornhaven. And to explain more about the thermal images, I, I want you to talk to Barb about that because she can tell you where these were captured. And they were actually captured by her son. Uh, he's our thermal image expert on the ghost hunt. And it seems like every thermal image that we've ever captured, he's, that he's the one to capture them. And he seems to bring them out. So, uh, <laughs> he's our ghost like magnet. Talent. So yeah. use the <laughs> We use, we use thermal imagers, we use um, digital recorders, and we've caught a lot of great things on digital recorders that seem to correspond with the haunting that we're investigating at the time. But another thing I want to tell you that our form of investigation is a little different than everybody else's form. Because when a lot of people go in, they try to investigate, they spend more time walking around the building and they're missing everything that's going on. If you go into a haunted location and you sit and you spend time absorbing the atmosphere around you, spirits will come to you. You'll start picking up on little things that's going on around you. It's like I used to tell everybody up at Waverly Hills. If you're quiet and you sit and you start noticing things around you, you'll notice there's something going around you at, at all times. Any location can be haunted at any given time because it's not just spirits staying at a location. They're around us. They're around all of us every day. And if you start noticing your surroundings and all that, you'll start seeing little changes in the atmosphere, things that will happen here, things that will happen there. And that, that's how we pick up on things. We do know that distance and height in investigations has a lot to do with it. And the reason I'm saying that is because if you've seen a spirit, okay, and the spirit came at you real quick, what's your, um, what's your first thing you're going to do? I'm probably, yeah, yeah, I'm probably going to scream and run, <laughs> being honest. Well, they do the same thing until they get comfortable with you. Because spirits see us as different beings. They see us and think that we're actually ghosts. Especially if they don't know that they're, they're deceased. We had a little girl that seen us one time at Waverly Hills, and we was using a real-time EVP. And she came through, and she said that she could see us. There was four of us. She told us there was four of us. And she was scared of us because we were fuzzy. And nobody around her could see us. And she was really reluctant to get close to us. So we sat down on the floor. 
And when you're sitting down on the floor, that's a less threatening um, position. It means it takes you a while to get up off the floor and you can't come forward real quick. And if you're far away, we're more apt to communicate with you. So you'll notice if you look at any of our investigations on any of the videos, you'll see that it pretty much it, they're kind of boring because people are sitting around. We don't walk around a lot, but we get better results from not doing that. But if you want to talk about the thermals, I, I would ask Barb about the thermals because Gabe has got some fantastic thermals. They've been on television on several shows. Uh, some of our DVR findings have been on several popular shows. And uh, I'm going to let Barb tell you all about that. <laughs> I wish Gabe could have made it. Like, like Mike said, he's caught the majority of them, not all of them. Um, if you guys get a chance to check out the old Blackbird County Jail, we've caught probably 10 or 12 images. We were doing a session with a door. The door was opening and closing on its own, on command and on its own. And he was sitting off to the side, shooting between the, the door. And you can see where the door's opening and closing. And then you can see what looks like a, a male or a man figure back off on the end of the other room. You can see it move around. It kind of walks back and forth. It, it moves out of frame for a while. And then you can kind of see it peek its head back in like it's looking at us. We've caught some awesome ones at yeah. Thornhaven Manor in Newcastle, Indiana. We were um, doing a session in the drawing room, and they had a big bay window. Amber was actually sitting in the floor in front of the windows. Debbie and, and Gabe and I were standing in front of the fireplace, and we had put up what we call side pods, which are like uh, EMF pods. And we had put, you know, some some energy into the air. And I had no sooner turned them on and turned around and that you could hear them completely drain. Again, they, they, they drained oh, all the energy like out of them. sucked them dry. Just sucked it them dry like, instantly. And about that time, Gabriel said, Mom, what is this? You know, what the hell is this? It's moving. <laughs> so Amber's still sitting on the floor. She's looking freezing. at us. She's freezing. Like one it's side of cold. me was frozen at us. And you can see this. It's kind of humanoid looking. It's, we think it was probably a woman, and this goes back to the history of the place and a lot of different things, but this thing was inside, and it was it was behind Amber, and he got four or five shots, and it, it's like it looked at us and realized we could see it, and like, oh, shit, you know, they can they see can us. See me, yeah. They can see me, and it booked. Yeah. And then we've got a couple upstairs that um, we were getting ready to bed down. down. <laughs> to bed down for the night or lay down and try to, we didn't sleep much, but yeah. lay down and, and kind of listen and see what was going on. And I was using my uh, audio recorder and it, it, I turn it on, it shut off, turn it on, it shut mm -hmm. off. And it's like, okay guys, come on, leave my recorder alone. It's Let me get something. Of that place. <laughs> and all of a sudden he says, Oh mom, he said, there's something right on top of you. And he snapped the picture and they're on our website. You can check them out. You yeah. can see me and I'm red. And you can see a head and someone, I mean, right on top face of to me. Yeah. And you can see, actually see, like, energy coming from my recorder into this. Oh, into oh my like his hands are trying to touch her hands almost. Even he's like was drawing it out of the audio recorder. Yeah, and like, just a few minutes later, we, we went ahead and laid down. <laughs> and I laid down. And, of course, there's my big butt 
and this thing is like right there still. Like he's still hovering, still over right her there on almost. top of us. You could feel it. it. It the temperature dropped probably thirty degrees. You could. Oh, it was mm. cold. Very yeah. cold. Wow. And <clears throat> I do want to point out, Taryn Kent, and she works with me, good friend of ours, um, has put on our Facebook Live here. She encourages everyone to go to the uh, Southern Indiana Ghost Hunters YouTube channel to see what they do. She just texted me and said that she's watching the podcast and watching, trying to watch YouTube at the same oh, time. Wow. <laughs> so I did want to give her a shout out there because that's a pretty cool deal. But I, yeah. I do want to, I want to ask this because we obviously, this is a new place that, that my wife and I just built in the last couple of years. Um, but our previous house was built in 1890. And so I know that, uh, Mike, you said that, you know, spirits don't really stay to one location, but obviously I don't feel as nearly as many things here. And I don't know that I'm as in tune as what you guys are, right. but like when we were in the old house, you would hear some of those weird sounds or something coming from the basement or just creepy things that you couldn't really explain. And now my, I didn't think of, it may be a spirit. I just thought well, that's kind of weird. Or I guess <laughs> I just looked away the other way, but I don't notice nearly as much here. So do they typically stay in one location? Can they travel with a person? Kind of what's the, what's the situation with that? Well, most definitely they can, um, spirits can be attached to objects. People. Uh, a lot of times yeah. when we have people that have new, new houses nobody's lived in before and all of a sudden they start having activity a lot of times and one of the first questions we ask um actually that barb asks because barb interviews all the people um is you know if you brought something new into the house if you brought a antique into the house a lot of times spirits are connected to antiques you know something that was part of their life and they'll stay connected to it for some reason or another. Why they stay connected, we don't know. It was something that they had been in touch with during their lifetime. And uh, as far as old houses and stuff, there's probably spirits there. It's just that if you're not looking for them, if you're not paying attention to them, and this is what I tell a lot of people in, in haunted locations, if you don't pay attention to them, you're not giving them power and let them know that they've been discovered and stuff. And so they'll dissipate. And that happens with any haunt, which is the best advice that, that we give everybody everywhere. If you ignore it, let it go. You can live with it. There may be a few things here or there. Just ignore it. And it'll dissipate. And it, it seems to help over time. Not saying that, that the old house that you lived in was not haunted. It may have been a possibility it could have been haunted. But spirits are everywhere. They roam the earth. And we have some that's called travelers. We call them travelers. They maybe pop in for a bit and they may move on. It's I don't really think that spirits are are really compelled to be at one location. If they're a spirit. Now, if it's a ghost, it's a different thing. Because that's the replay. A ghost is something mm -hmm. that just, yeah, it's just a replay. And obviously, in your old house, there was nothing 
that was traumatic enough to cause a replay. Because usually replays are something from a traumatic situation that happens. That's that is I, I, I have had chills the entire I know, time. I, know. Here. I uh, agree. And and Taryn Kent is texting me right now and says that she has chills because <laughs> of when you picked up breathing on one of the machines. She said oh. she so she is going back and forth, which is pretty cool. So I appreciate it. Um I'm gonna well, I'll, ask, tell, you, I'll go, tell you one of the wildest things we caught one of the wildest things we caught, and actually Barb caught it was down in Evansville. We was using a spirit box, and at the time, we didn't even hear it happening. But when we were filming, and we went back and played the film, Jerry Lee Lewis was over the spirit box. And it was playing Great Balls of Fire. A full verse. And it, and it played. Beginning to end. And we didn't even hear it at the time. But it played played for quite a while. Oh, my gosh. And <laughs> so they, they do strange things. Where was that in Evansville? It was a residential, private okay. home. Because I, I, I went to college there and yeah. worked down there for a while. And um, Willard Library is the one that uh -huh. they always talk about is the uh, the ghost of Willard Library. When when I, I was a history major, so I spent a lot of time in Willard Library. And I can tell you this, yes, when, when it got late and dark, that place was creepy. I, I mean, it was, I 100% believe there's something going on in Willard Library because it is uh, – it is just a different feeling when you're sitting in there. Right. You can feel them. Yep. Well, we were actually scheduled to um, investigate Willow Library, which was really cool. Um, that the night of the investigation, they, they bring in, I think it was 50 to 60 kids they bring in on the investigation. And they bring in several other groups. And so there was so many people is going to be tromping around the building. And we were supposed to have an exclusive, the tromping around the building that you really, you really couldn't do a thorough investigation. So we didn't get to investigate it, um, because that's that's not what we do. I mean, right. when people call us in, call us in to investigate, um, we go there to do a professional investigation. <clears throat> we're not really there, excuse me, for a show. We're there to do what we do we do we do our thing we do an investigation and then we get back with them afterwards but yeah willard library i, I would love to investigate it um if we can come in and and do it do your it. way right right Almost. right yeah do, do it our way just let us be in there as a group and do our own thing we found the smaller the group the better usually you get, get more i activity. i can believe that i mean like 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 mike said you know when you've got like hundreds of people there I wouldn't think that anything would really present itself, right? You know, and and when there's maybe just a smaller group, to where it's not as intimidating or right, something, I guess, right. and a lot quieter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you're not going to exactly get the contamination. Right. Yeah, I can tell you that. That's two, exactly right. The two places that I've really felt like I felt something would be Willard Library when I used to be down there, but the second one that I I truly believe it was we went to the flight 93 Memorial in Pennsylvania oh. where the plane went down. And I'm, mm -hmm. I'm telling you, it was like a, it was the middle of summer. It was like a 75, 80 degree day. But when you walked around the location where that plane went down, 
it was bone chilling cold. Freezing. It was. You couldn't. And the oh. and the guy that was the tour guide actually was the farmer that watched the plane go oh, down wow. right next door. And then oh, he volunteered as a tour guide. And he said, "It the wind is never still here, and it's never warm." Wow. And and I I mean it, it gives me chills thinking That's back crazy. to it now being there. But that was the first time that I was in a location where I'm like, "This isn't this isn't normal. This yeah. isn't right." There's something else going on here causing mm -hmm. this. Because you were, you were like, you could go from shorts and a t-shirt and you guys laughed at me when you came in because I'm in shorts <laughs> and a t-shirt today. Obviously, I don't get cold real easy, mm -hmm. but sitting there, I was freezing the mm -hmm. whole time. Yeah. And, and it, it stays with you for a while. It doesn't yes. just go away. Yeah. Yeah, it's, exactly. in your, it's into your bones. Right, yeah. Yeah. right. You freeze for days. Sometimes. Yeah. Well, have you ever, do you ever go through the Louisville airport? I have before. Okay, have you ever seen the pictures on the wall about the coyote? I don't think mm -hmm. so. Okay. At Louisville Airport, when UPS moved in to Louisville, and I was working on the airport at the time, and one of the ladies that was part of the construction management, she was on the Native Preservation uh, deal, and there is an ancient Indian burial ground, mounds that out there where UPS wanted to make a runway, okay? And the state was going to let them do it. And when they started construction on it, this strange coyote would show up on the runways and stop the planes. They couldn't take off because of this coyote. And when they would get out to try to run the coyote off, it would vanish. <laughs> And this has actually been in the papers, and it's on their walls at their airport, to where they actually, UPS, had to reroute their flights <laughs> away from this ancient burial grounds, which is surrounded by a chain-link fence now, and it's, it's also got barbed wire on top where nobody can enter these grounds. Well, she took me out there one night because she knew what I did. And she had access to the burial grounds. And I tell you what, that just like what you were saying, the eeriest feeling when I entered the burial grounds, the temperature dropped. There was uh, the birds, which I forget what you call them now, that, that, that fly in a bunch. Oh, chimney sweeps. Yeah. They were in there. They would dive bomb. They would dive bomb. They were dive bombing. And it, it was like, we're not supposed to be here. This is mm -hmm. sacred ground. Right. We're interfering. And I, I'm telling you, Barb can tell you a bunch about that, too, because she has an Indian background. The, um, it, it, that was eerie. So I, I believe you 100% about the plane site going down. Because I, I even told the, the lady's name was Rita. And I told her when we walked in, I said, Rita, we're not supposed to be here. We're trespassing. We're not supposed to be here. And the coyote, as soon as they rerouted their flights away from that barrel ground, it disappeared and never showed up again. <laughs> wow. I, I'm telling you, I have had I haven't had goosebumps. I this know, much. I know. I'm telling you, <laughs> I lied. And, and I'm just like sitting here, just listening to all these stories. And oh my goodness! And I think it's cool too because you know I know Deb, you talked about your your grandma, I believe. Correct? Was it or is it Barb? Would have been your your grandma that you connected with that kind of started this. 
Oh, not that Jude Benitez um, Barbie. Maybe I totally made that up. <laughs> I okay. don't know. I'm just I, I gonna, lived with my grandmother. Her, her okay. grandparents raised her. Well, maybe that was it. Yeah. My grandmother, that um, who's still with me, um, and and I appreciate, but she has always had this paranormal sense, and I uh, that's kind of where my interest has come from. Uh -huh. And it's kind of funny because she just moved, and she called me, and she had the um, the life. Our uh, yeah life uh, series of books that was all the paranormal and then all the Native American and she's like well I couldn't think of anybody else but you that would want these <laughs> but it but it is such a connection because of yes. the spirit world for the Native Americans to the paranormal and kind of that that combination I think it's something that today we've lost yes is that connection to the spirit yeah. world and connection to the afterlife right so Barb what, where where do you think why do you think we've lost that, I guess, over time? Uh, for one thing, we're just so busy anymore. You know, people don't ha take time to, to stop and, and, and really take in what's around them. You're constantly running, like, as you guys know, married with children. You're on <laughs> yeah. the go constantly. You've got kids. You've got jobs. You've got this and that. And you tune, your, you tune it out. I think that we're all born sensitive. And, you know, as, as child, for me, I grew up on a Native American burial ground. The first four or five, well, up till I was five or six. And like I say, I've seen these people every day. I heard them every day. They're very, very spiritual. Probably the most spiritual people you'll come right. across. Um, and you just, as you, as you get older, I know I, I couldn't really talk to it to anybody about it they you know back those especially back those days i'm 54 they thought you were crazy they locked <laughs> you up somewhere you know yeah. you go to your room you're nuts quit watching scary shows and <laughs> and this and that and i think the more you're told that it's not real you you start you know you just block yourself but and the native americans they don't do that they you know everything is spiritual to them everything is living everything has its own spirit and like i say i think we just we literally just block it, and and the more, even us, even though we were very spiritual anyway and very passionate about it, the more that we do this, it seems like the more we are opened up to it, and the more they come to us, yeah, and the right. more things yeah, we, the true. more things we experience. Hmm. I'm gonna ask. I'm gonna start with you, Mike, and then I'm gonna go kind of around the table again. Are there some locations, either locally or even nationwide, that is kind of a dream that you would love to investigate? Well, I've been, I've been all across the United States. Um, as far as a dream that I'd like to investigate, um, I don't really have a location, but something that I would really like to investigate and it's very dangerous to investigate. And um, I'm sure Barb's going to step in on this. But I've always been interested in trying to investigate a Manitou. And this goes back to the Indians, again, the Native Americans. Uh, a Manitou is, is a spirit of a medicine man. And... It's a very strong spirit. It's almost like an elemental, which means it can be good and it can be bad. 
at any time. Um, Barb probably has a better explanation about what a Manitou is, but it's been a lifetime interest to me um, because I I would like to get into more investigating of Native American hauntings. And there are few groups out there that study this. Uh, the Native Americans actually have some spirit hunting groups, investigative groups, and it's just an interest in mine. As far as haunted locations, um, I've been to most, and, you know, I can't really say that there's a favorite out of all of them because there's a lot of them. A lot of them are very active. I mean, one of my favorites is the Myrtles Plantation down in Georgia. And it's just a pleasant place to be. It is haunted, very, very haunted. I had a chance to go there actually by myself. And that was kind of creepy because when I went there, you're, I thought I there think was you're the other guests. The <laughs> yeah. And when I get there, it, it was after dark and they left the key tape to the door. And I, I go in. To it, and I'm automatically I'm smelling roses. And it's like, and I don't have a sense of smell because I smoke. And but I could smell this. And then there's a note on the inside of it saying, "It's a disclaimer that you have to sign. You can't have no phones in there. There is no phones on the property. There is electric. Um, if you get an emergency, you can't call the fire department because they will not come." after dark <laughs> to the location. I mean, oh they'll come to goodness. the location, but they won't go They won't go in the location. The police will not go in the location. Everybody will not go in the location after dark. So needless to say, that was a very nerve-wracking night for me um, because the room I was staying in was supposed to be one of the most haunted rooms. It was called the Fanny Faye room. And... Uh, for those of you that don't know what the Myrtles Plantation is about, it's supposed to be haunted by a slave spirit and children. Um, her name's Chloe. And um, she wanted to stay out of the fields. When the master wanted to put her back in the fields, she wanted to get the attention by poisoning a birthday cake. And she didn't want to kill the children. She just wanted to make them sick because she knew how to cure them. But she ended up killing the children. They ended up hanging her. And uh, she haunts the plantation. But this room that I was staying in, in the middle of the night, the door on the closet, the doorknob would start jiggling. Well, I get up and I gather up my nerve and open up the door. And, of course, there's nothing there. And I close it. And no sooner I get back to bed, it starts jiggling again. And so I didn't sleep at all that night. <laughs> I didn't sleep at the Myrtles. But I would love to go back here again. And I would say that's probably the bravest thing that I've ever done during all this <laughs> ghost hunting stuff. Other than I know a lot of people say, say, well, you're crazy because sometimes I'll say, if you're not coming out to me, I'm coming in after you. <laughs> Which, you know, maybe that's not the smartest thing to do in the world. But, <laughs> but 
over years after being at Waverly for all the years I've been there, I was up there many times by myself in the building at night when there's nobody on the hill whatsoever that you, you kind of get numb to it. Wow. I don't know. I'm, I'm sitting here. <laughs> number one. Head. Yeah. Number one. I did. I didn't realize it's like, are all of your, and I know I'm like, you've got the question to go around, but I'm just curious. Like, do you do like all of your investigations at night for the most part? Yeah. Yeah. And which I mean, well, I guess, I guess makes sense, but I didn't realize that. Yeah, we're in the dark a lot. Well, the reason that you do investigations at night and in the dark, I mean, we don't do all of them at night in the dark. I mean, if the place is haunted, it's just as haunted during the day right. as it is at night. But you do it at night because when the lights go down, and then it kicks in your primal instinct, the instinct of man. When there's no light and everything, you become more aware of what's going on around you. Because it goes back to ancient man, in the dark, that's when the predators can't come. And you can't see the predators. So you start listening more closely. Your eyes become more sharp. And that, that's, that's why we do things in the dark and at nighttime. Interesting. And then you guys try and like take a nap and go to sleep, which we try. It usually doesn't work real well. <laughs> no, I was going to say, there yeah. is no way I'd be able to sleep at all. <laughs> a lot of places won't let you sleep. A lot of places, once well, you lay down, that's when they go dark. Out of the things where we've had overnights and we tried to sleep, um, the most we get, what is it, Barb, maybe two hours sleep? Yeah, usually yeah. tops, yeah. Sometimes I get a couple more. Sometimes I'm usually exhausted by the time we're done. Yeah. Well, I was it, like, it I'm going to sleep. It really does yeah. drain you. And there is a true, you can sit there and you can you listen the to everything hangover. all night. Yeah. But it's like, I'm going to be miserable and not worth a crap in the morning. And then have to drive I home some sleep. So two, I try three, to, four hours. I try to just let myself. The last one at Blackford County, I remember I was like, oh, no. I'm the last one awake. I'm going to sleep. I'm going to sleep. I kept hearing stuff, and I thought Barb was still awake. And I remember saying, did you hear that? Did you hear that? And she didn't move. I'm like, oh, no. It's I'm going to sleep. Right. I know, right? I feel like, oh. I hate music. I was like, oh, no. I'm, I'm, I just covered my head up, and I went to sleep. So I wouldn't be seeing stuff because I was hearing stuff in the room we were in. Over by Mike, by where, by where he was at. I was I kept hearing something, and I'm like, he is not moving. He hasn't moved an inch. And I knew he was asleep, but I kept hearing something well, over there. <laughs> so I was like, I'm going to sleep, or I'm never going to go to sleep. I'm just listening. Yeah. Because <laughs> you're so tired. We have to pack up everything. And Well, I'll, I'll tell you this. Like up at the jail, the I don't want to give away too much of it, <laughs> but the, the room where we were having activity with doors opening and all that, originally, <laughs> I was the guy that said, that's the room I'm going to sleep at. Yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah. That's until the door started opening and closing by themselves. And then yeah. we all ended up downstairs in the same room. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had went up there earlier that night just taking pictures when I first got there of everything. And I went in that room and the room across from it where we were all going to sleep. And I kept hearing all kinds of stuff. And I thought, oh, man, I'm not sleeping up here. <laughs> There's no way. There's stuff up here. There's something going on up here. And I thought, mm, I don't think I'm sleeping up here tonight. I decided way earlier in the night that you know, probably <laughs> I was not probably going to sleep up there. It was just too loud when I was up there by myself. I thought, hmm, 
<laughs> and then we just got a lot more than that later. <laughs> wow. So ladies, are there any other, for you guys, dream investigations or dream locations? Yep. <sighs> yeah, We've got Arizona. a big bucket list. Yeah. Yeah. Do you? <laughs> I'd, I'd like to try for Alcatraz. Yeah, that's mine. Oh, Trans-Allegheny. Yeah. Lunatic Asylum. Uh, next June, Barb and I are going to go to Mansfield, Ohio, to Ohio State Reformatory. So, Wow. We've Very all cool. got big bucket lists. I would love personally to do Tombstone, the entire town. Oh, I would wow. Love that to go yeah. And yeah. Do the entire I forgot town. that one. That would be yeah. so awesome. Yeah, that one's a good yeah, Everything one. there is haunted, yeah. you know, or supposedly haunted. It. Right. It would take a week or two, but... Yeah, I forgot that one. But there's so many. There's, you know, there's just so many. Have any of you been in the Muscatatuck State Hospital, which I know now is government owned and that, but. I have never been. Mm -hmm. We know some people that have worked there. My late husband worked there. Yeah, I mean, that's. For a while. Being, a, you know, obviously I work in Jennings County and we used to live over there, but a lot of the people that work there swear up and down that there's a lot. And right. I know that the government even coming in has left the hospital portion totally original. They've not done anything to the building. It's still the same beds. Mm -hmm. Everything has been left alone. And to me, that is just, there has to be. Yeah, there has to be. Things yeah. there. So, yeah. um, and obviously I know the government probably is not really interested in letting people come probably in. Right. But that's one location that I think is really interesting just because of the, you know, the stories that I've heard mm -hmm. from mm -hmm. around here. So Now I've been to Yuma. It was many years ago before I really started hunting. And I can tell you it's, it's a very, very creepy place. You can tell there's a lot of people still hanging around there. Yeah. <laughs> well, they'd have to be. Well, ladies and Mike, um, we're at about an hour and 15 minutes, which is where we usually cut off. I want to say before we let you guys go, first and foremost, thank you. Um, you know, I, I really appreciate you guys coming at, down and, and Mike, uh, you coming on by phone. Um, I hope that in the future we can do another episode. That would be wonderful. Yeah, um, sure. Because <laughs> Anytime. This yeah, is, I'm sure you all have more stories to tell. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> talk for days. I know. Yeah. This is very intriguing to me. So, Mike, if we can get you in studio at some point, that would be awesome, too. But I'd love to have you guys come back Next on. Time. And I appreciate Next time I, I'll be there. I appreciate awesome. that, Mike. <laughs> and I appreciate everything that you guys do. Um, you know, putting your time, your effort, and the, the detail that you go through with doing this. So thank you guys. And again, before we go, I want to say um, check them out. Google Southern Indiana Ghost Hunters. Uh, their website's on there. It's got all their members' bios. It's got a bunch of the, um, the videos, links to the videos that the uh, investigations they've done. Go find their YouTube page. Um, and look for the Blackford County Jail video, which just released today. Um, also, if you're a regular listener, I'm going to share a bunch of their stuff out on social media. Uh, so if you listen to us regularly, go to the Married with Children page um, and link to that because I'm going to be honest, this is the first episode. This is number 34 for us, Callie. And it's the first time I've sat here with goosebumps the wow. entire time. I know. It really is. I, I any, agree with that. Any possibility of getting you guys to go along on one with Oh, my gosh. Okay. Well, <laughs> oh, my gosh. Barb, He's you, like, wait. You wait. asked it. Um, I was going to wait until off, off the air because I was afraid that 
I would be told no. <laughs> I would, I would one hundred percent love to go along with one, and be able to come back before the next episode and kind of Ooh. talk about my experience. So if if you would let me, and I would stay out of the way because I don't know anything about it, <laughs> but I would absolutely love to go do that. Great, so, we'd love to have you. He would. I'm. I might be too big of a chicken. She's I'm like, not gonna uh, lie. <laughs> like he is all about it, but I'm like I don't know. That would really. See, and, and the funny thing I'm is, I'm such a scaredy cat. <laughs> I'm not a. I'm not a haunted house person. Like that doesn't uh, do me anything for me. Totally I never. I never have. I would, like that I, stuff. Yeah. I don't want to pay somebody to do it no. and jump out and be I fake. Hate that stuff. But this intrigues me in a way that I can't even say. Like even I, like I know I will be the the biggest chicken there because it will freak me out. But I this just this is a whole new level. That would be cool. Yeah, so, we'd love to have you. That would be cool. I mean, <laughs> I, I'm good with it. You you good with it, Seth? Oh yeah, I, that's why I told him we'd love to have him. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. I am hey, in. You guys just sure. remember. Just remember, you're going to be on camera. Oh, I know. Yeah. I know. That's. <laughs> I I may lose uh, some of my manliness points, but uh, oh well. Yeah. If you can stay in the room and not run and just be cool, <laughs> when stuff starts happening, you're a, lot, good. a lot of people ask why the Southern Indiana ghost hunters is primarily women, and and that comes from years and years <laughs> of um, women don't run. <laughs> I think I would. Yeah, you just gotta be able to stay put and be cool. I'll do my best, but no, I I would absolutely uh, welcome that idea. So let me know. And again, uh, listeners of Married with Children, the podcast, um, go check them out. Southern Indiana Ghost Hunters. Uh, these guys are unbelievable. What they do is so cool. So take the time to go check them out. Coming up soon, um, next week, we have um, Indiana House District 69 candidates, Jim Lucas and Steve Schottmer on the show. Um, they'll be on at different times, uh, kind of talking about their candidacy, what they're doing, um, and that'll release right the Tuesday before uh, the election. And then we're looking for guests in November. We're booking guests now for the November shows um, and have some ideas, had some people reach out to us, so uh, look ahead for that. But to all of you guys, Barb, Debbie, Amber, Mike, I cannot tell you how much I appreciate you guys coming on. And I, I wish you all the best. And like I said, I'm in. You let me know the time and I'll, I'll go with you. Absolutely. Right. We'll, get it, we'll put it together. Yeah, we'll yep. Sounds good. All right. Thank you, guys. <laughs> thank, thank you. Thank you. All right. Thank you. All right. That's stuff.